Greetings, Community Solutions listeners, and welcome to episode 37 of our podcast. I am Jack Terman Jr., your host for the podcast and a faculty member in the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in Indianapolis. On behalf of everyone in our department, I hope that you and yours are doing well and that your work to build healthy, joyful communities is thriving. When I was thinking about an episode to end our 2021 season, I thought we needed a topic that focuses on what we can do now to build a brighter future for all communities. When I think about endless possibilities for a bright future, I immediately think about that group of humans that bring smiles to everyone's faces and that are filled with endless possibilities for doing good. That would be babies. In 1981, a select panel for the promotion of child health said, quote, Children are one-third of our population and all of our future, end of quote. All of our future. Think about that. Well, considering this, it makes sense that if we want to build a brighter future for all, we need to know how best to interact and engage with babies so that we are all fostering their ability to build and sustain fruitful, positive relationships as adults, which will result in healthy, hopeful communities. Today, you get the pleasure of hearing my conversation with three dedicated professionals passionate about providing optimal infant development and care experiences. These are Michelle Mapp, CEO of Resources for Infant Educators, or RIE, R-I-E. Ms. Gail Nadal, President of the Board of Directors of RIE. And Ms. Katie Lynch, Project Manager over Early Childhood Care Projects affiliated with the Indiana Grassroots Maternal and Child Health Initiative. These amazing women will provide you with skills, knowledge, and a lot of wisdom focused on interacting with infants. As Magda Gerber, the founder of the Rye Method, stated, and I quote, respect is the basis of the educaring approach. We not only respect babies, we demonstrate our respect every time we interact with them. Respecting a child means treating even the youngest infant as a unique human being, not as an object. End of quote. Respect is the foundation of all healthy relationships, and warm, caring, consistent relationships are foundational for the healthy development of an infant. As the great researchers at Harvard University's Center for the Developing Child teaches us, quote, for children, responsive relationships with adults have a double benefit, promoting healthy brain development and providing the buffering protection needed to prevent the very challenging experiences from producing a toxic stress response, end of quote. So my friends, let's end 2021 and move into 2022 being mindful of the importance of respectful, warm, compassionate interactions with every human we encounter on our journey. I have no doubt 
that our being mindful of this will greatly empower our work to build healthy, hopeful communities for all. Let's join the conversation. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today on the Community Solutions Podcast. It's so great to have you here, and it's awesome to have an episode um, about promoting high-quality early childhood care. It's important for all of us, no matter where we're located. Um, to get started, I'm going to ask each of you to please introduce yourself, and then as you introduce yourself, talk about your passion to promote the respectful care of children within early childhood care settings, as well as our society in general. So Gail, you wanna introduce yourself and get us started? Yes, I'd love to. My name is Gail Nadell, and I am a RIE associate and also the president of the RIE organization. My role is to support professional development amongst our 68 associates to build capacity in expanding services to families. My regular real day-to-day -day job involves my oversight of federally funded Head Start and Early Head Start in Yolo County. And I am going to be sharing how I've been able to implement this philosophy, this idea, and this way of working with young infants um, to my group of people who are doing the work in early, um, early Head Start. Now, I'm going to tell you a story that I can remember years ago, back in the year 2000, when I was working for a large employer-sponsored childcare program in Southern California. And the sponsor of this child care center was not happy with the infant toddler care at the new facility for its employees. The families in the infant program were not happy with the care and they were experiencing and what they were experiencing for their children. The director did not have much background in infant toddlers, but specifically was focused on preschool. I was the manager that was called in to fix this situation. My experience with infants and toddlers was not as um, that great either. So I frantically started calling to find anyone who could come out and help. I learned about resources for infant educators, we call it RIE, and met two RIE associates who became my mentors in understanding and learning how to slow down and support infants and toddlers with respect. Through the foundations course, all of the staff learned that infants are competent human beings and when given opportunities can on their own be able to make decisions and choices. Rye is all about relationships and developing a trusting relationship with a young infant and showing respect for young individuals. This takes time and that building of a relationship between a caregiver 
and the young infants. It's about caring for each individual and showing real feelings for the infants and not superficial, but really, really establishing these trusting relationships. It's about waiting to see if the child wants you to pick them up rather than rush over and pick them up and go to the diaper changing area. It's pausing and giving the young infant time to understand that there's a relationship and this person is asking me to be a part of that. It's the notion of treating others the same way that you want to be treated and respected by others. This childcare center that was of, of concern by the leadership has transformed into a place where babies can explore in a positive environment and support infant choices. We, at the end of the process of having consultants helping us, we were seeing the CFO and the CEO come to the child care center and just be with us. It was a place of calmness and a place of trust, just what an infant toddler program should be. And that's my story of how Rye has been implemented and this center that had concern and cause. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful story and filled with so much important, important information. Michelle, would you please introduce yourself? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so my name is Michelle Mapp, and I serve as CEO at Rye. I came to this approach uh, a different way. My background is actually in communications, nonprofit management, technology. Um, but I took on the role of interim CEO in February of 2020 and only planned it being at Rye for a short time to help with a transition to the new CEO. Um, those dates may hit you, uh, February 2020, obviously the world changed the following month. And as we dealt with the impacts of COVID, and as I learned more each day about respectful caregiving, its benefits, its outcomes, um, how it impacted my life as a parent, then the more I went deeper into it from a Rye approach, it became clear to me that this was something I really wanted to be involved in. For me, uh, my passion for this work really took hold when I stopped and thought about the Rye principle of competency. And Gail mentioned this a little bit. We talk about, in Rye, we talk about trusting the infant's competency for wherever they are in their growth and development. I started imagining what it would be like if more people had experience or had experience with feeling competent from birth, you know, in being treated and as competent and capable. I started thinking how my life would be different. You know, what problems could disappear? How would lives be changed? Um, imagine a life, you know, how a life might change its trajectory based on just this one piece of being treated as a competent person. Um, and then add in other pieces, such as being seen, um, having caregivers attempt to understand the child from the child's point of view, and so on, layering on the healthy development from the beginning. So that's where my passion for this work started, was um, kind of being in the right place at the right time, or the right place at the wrong time, as we went into COVID, 
but then understanding what our principles and the approach, how it impacts and can impact people in many different ways. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. And again, stressing the importance. I, I, you really, you and Gail speak so much to this principle of respecting every human being, no matter what age they are, with great respect and dignity, right? That they possess that and um, infants are no different. They need it too, you know? So it's lovely. Katie, can you introduce yourself, please? Yes, um, my name is Katie Lynch. I am the Early Childhood Project Manager for the Grassroots um, Maternal Child Health Initiative under Dr. Jack Terman at Indiana University in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, my relationship and passion for respectful care philosophies um, and early childhood education came from my work as an early childhood teacher um, in Head Start programs and Indiana University's child care programming. I was a teacher for around 13 years, um, and I first learned about Rye and Max Gerber's philosophy of respectful care uh, when I began working at a program that focused on relationship-based care, um, where there was heavy value in partnering with the families and continuity of care to support security and attachment with their caregivers. Um, in my readings, I found that those philosophies are heavily influenced uh, by the theoretical ideas beyond the United States. Um, but most notable for me was the work of Emmy Pickler and uh, Magda Gerber. Um, and that's where I discovered Rye and was taken with the teachings and the authentic application of respect for the child. Uh, for me, when I started applying those practices, I found that it led to such a wonderfully engaged and pro-social classroom and programming that gave me real confidence as a teacher. Uh, Magda's guidance on sensitive observation helped me uh, direct my efforts toward really building off of what the children's engagement and needs were, uh, which led to a much more appropriate curriculum that was more authentically child-directed. And I think sharing these philosophies of respect for young children in our society would do a lot uh, to supporting the social-emotional growth and development needs of our young children. Um, as we are building more awareness about how important the earliest years are, especially in the domains of social emotional development, I think it's important to bring resources and philosophies like Rye uh, to our community to give our members more tools in supporting our youngest friends and meeting their needs. Great. Thanks, Katie. And I know all the great work you do and, and how much respect you do have for infants and toddlers and all children and your strong belief in that this is a way you transform our society for the better. Do you know what I mean? To start with implementing this kind of practice and this kind of respect like from the very first moments of life. So I really appreciate all your work. So um, Michelle, can you please provide our listeners with an introduction and overview of Rye? and how exactly it works with early childhood care programs. Sure. So um, we were founded in 1978 by Magda Gerber and pediatrician, Dr. Tom Forrest, as Katie alluded to um, Magda's name. Um, and then our work was founded on the work of Dr. Emmy Pickler. Magda Gerber worked with Dr. Emmy Pickler in Hungary. And then when she came to the United States, she brought that work here um, and then started working with families in particular and parents and trying to uh, demonstrate and model respectful care for babies. 
um, in that's to this day, one of our classes is the parent infant guidance class. And that's based on the idea of demonstrating some of these techniques in a parenting, in this particular case, a parenting relationship. Um, you know, we are fundamentally based on this idea that we've talked about already that babies are complete in individuals deserving of deep respect and appreciation, and that we're a philosophy with fundamental principles and practices. Um, our approach is often referred to as the educaring approach or Magda Gerber's educaring approach. Um, and it encourages in infants and adults to trust each other, learn to problem solve, and embrace their ability for self-discovery. When allowed to unfold in their own way, in their own time, we all know children discover and inspire the best in themselves and in others. And that's really the essence of the organization. Uh, we provide training, consulting, and demonstration classes in order to share these ideas and the principles and practices. For early childhood programs, we provide a variety of training opportunities. Some of those are we have early childhood programs that come and just come to our regular classes, our scheduled classes that are open to both parents and professionals. But then we also work with centers to create bespoke training that are customized and specific to an organization's needs. So for example, in fact, just this week, one of our associates um, provided an introductory class. So just a three hour class over two evenings to 18 providers in one childcare center. Now, some of those people will hopefully go deeper and take kind of the next level, but that's how we work with the early childhood programs, um, providing training that's appropriate for their individual needs based on the number of people they have and also what they're trying to achieve. Oh, that's really good. So, so you have, in, in essence, kind of a spectrum of offerings to meet a program where they're at, right? And they can uh, choose the level at which they want to enter into this and start diving into this. Would you say that's correct? Yes, absolutely. Because our first level is our introduction to educaring class. And that is a three hour class. It is a overview. It is very much a, um, obviously in its name, it's an introductory class. Um, from there, we have our foundations class and foundations can is um, a very intense um, uh, 60 hours. There's homework, there's work, there's a lot of introspective, there's group work. It's a fantastic class. I've taken it multiple times with multiple instructors. Um, but obviously not everybody can do that and can provide that. So we work to find what can work within an organization. Wonderful, that's so nice. So we all know how busy childcare providers are these days and the constraints and the pressures on them. So it's really nice that you meet them where they're at, you know, to, to help them on their journey. Um, Gail, can you give some examples of what caregivers can do to support respectful care? Absolutely. It, you know, when I talk about these things, it seems so simple, yet we don't often do this. So when you're thinking about caregiving, that time that where a child needs some support in diapering, in feeding, in going to sleep, we really need to recognize that this is the time that a child has your fullest attention. 
So give that attention and that time as being quality time. It's the time that that child looks up and sees you looking at them. This is that relationship that I was talking about earlier. And really make that time special because this time is the time that a child is fueled by your interactions with them. It's the time that they get to laugh along with you. It's those times so that when that child is um, having time for themselves, wants nothing time is what we call it, they have been refueled by you as the caregiver and given that time to be with together. And so understand that that caregiving time should be slowed down because it's a special time during the day that they have your fullest attention. Always explain to the child what you're going to do. It should not be a surprise to the child that they're being taken and lifted up from their play experience to go to have their diaper changed. Always talk to the child first and tell them what needs to happen. Extend your hand and wait and they will tell you, I understand and I'm ready. They'll lift their hands up and that's the message to you that this interaction is both on your part and, and the child's part, ready and, and willing to participate. Um, always um, explain and show the child what you're going to do step by step. And I just use that with my hands as an example here, is that you're showing them this interaction that takes place. It's a message that we're going to do something together. Slow down what you're going to do. We don't need to follow schedules with infants and toddlers. Take that clock down off of your classroom wall and give that time to the baby and enjoy that time that you're giving. You're in a relationship and this relationship needs love and support and give them that love and support. Pay full attention to the child when you have that one-on-one -on -one time. In a, in a group setting, there's lots of babies sometimes. And that baby learns to wait their turn. And that when their turn is, is, is there, they want that attention from you. So give them that attention. As I said earlier, it's quite simple, but yet sometimes we don't do that. Sometimes we neglect, we give a toy to the child and shake it in front of them and hope they can entertain themselves when caregiving is such an important part of quality time. So those are just some ideas of how to bring in that respect into your caregiving routine. That was just so wonderful and so concrete and so grounded in, in solid evidence that come from all of my colleagues in the developmental neuroscience community and the developmental psychology community. Um, and you made it so beautifully concrete, <laughs> understandable. And, and I agree with you so much. It's not so hard. It's, but, but we must be deliberate in, in doing it. And I personally love your 
discussion of look at the baby, communicate with the baby, be present with the baby. I, I read this fascinating piece one time that one great thing that parents can do in our culture now, when they're with their children, put their phone down. Their yes. children want to be engaging with them. And that phone will wait. Nothing on that phone, quite honestly, is as important as developing that relationship with your child. And because that's a forever outcome. And, um, and I love your emphasis of slow down, slow <laughs> down. Um, I'm blessed to have worked with moms and babies and families around the world. And in so many cultures outside of ours, there is a great innate knowledge of slowing down. Slow down, appreciate the moment with the baby because they have a great understanding that that moment with that baby is relatively short in time. That baby's gonna grow into this very active toddler and then a very active school age child and then a very exploring adolescent and then an adult, right? And so slow down and enjoy those moments with that baby. Do you know what I mean? Because, because they'll just keep developing. So thank you so much for that very concrete advice. So Michelle and Gail, like what are some of the successes of your work, of the work of Rye? And how does it impact children and families and providers of early childhood care? Michelle, you wanna go first with that one? Sure, I'll go first. And in fact, what I thought I would do is not use my words, but use the words of one of our students. Um, so this is a woman who has a childcare um, program in Texas. And this is uh, feedback from her that quote, the Texas inner city children and families I serve are open to a better, different way of care. As I offer service to my community, I am thankful to the Rye Foundations course for showing me how to implement relational and respectful care. The children and families are so receptive to this level of care in their community. Magda's legacy has impacted families of these families from low socioeconomic backgrounds, children with exceptionalities and children from multi-generational homes now. This is good work and I am all too happy to have to be able to serve and care for these little people well, right? <laughs> so that is what I consider uh, success is when we get those statements from caregivers and childcare providers um, and at home and in larger centers where they share with us how this is impacting their day-to-day -day interactions. So, and then I know Gail was gonna share something on a slightly larger level but I really wanted to highlight that to, to show that is kind of where we love when we get those, obviously. <laughs> I don't blame you, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. Gail, what's your perspective? So I wanted to share with you um, uh, the experience that I had when um, starting a new job as the director of a childcare center that served families of poverty. This is Early Head Start, a federally funded program that really supports families to be able to find um, a pathway to be able to be a complete, solid, happy family. So there was there at this program, 
um, there's an, there was an infant and toddler uh, center, several of them, with very seasoned teachers who had lots and lots of experience. And the staff expressed that the job that they had was very stressful because they did not want the infants to be unhappy and were always carrying the infants to prevent this. And as I settled into my position, I began to leave resources books, books about Magda Gerber, about the Rye philosophy at the center. I didn't say anything, I just had it on their bookshelf. And then time the teachers started coming to me to ask about Rye. They had read that, um, that infants should be able to express their authentic self and that when they're sad, it's okay to show that. They were really interested in this concept and this training. So one of the things that one of the mentors that I had said to me is, give them what you want them to give to the babies. So I understood that to mean I must give to the staff and first show them respect, accept them and understand them. I needed to give them time and involve them in the process of a change that might happen. I had to listen more and teach less. I had to develop a relationship of trust with these seasoned teachers who understood babies. From this, the relationship of mutual trust and respect started. We could work together to improve the program for, inf for infants. It wasn't the director's direction. It was all of us together walking through this process. That for me is a success story that I'm still a part of because we grow each week, each year, always learning about infants and toddlers. Mm, amazing, awesome. And success comes from trusting healthy relationships in which we all respect and honor the dignity of each one of us, do, do you know what I mean? So, um, and we recognize that we all have something to offer and that we do it as a team. So that's such wise advice and what a great success story from both of you. Thank you so much. So Gail and Michelle, with everything, these things are not necessarily always easy to do, right? So what challenges exist in addressing respectful care in early childhood care or education settings? Um, so I think that um, the idea of all the things around what we learn about this philosophy, um, really we need time. We need the time to be able to have these positive interactions with the infants. And like I said earlier, if it's possible, throw out those clocks because when you're looking at your watch, because the next person is waiting to go on their break, but you want to give them the, the babies the time they need to be fed well, 
to have the times to look at you and to laugh and to enjoy each other's company. It's hard to do it when we live in a world of a schedule, isn't it? These schedules base us on what we should be doing. And yet that's not the way to have interactions and relationships with young babies and toddlers. So that is one challenge that I think about, as well as communicating. In order to do this RIE approach effectively, you need to have ongoing conversations and communications with others that are in the same classroom as you, because you might need to take that little bit extra time to be able to um, complete the relationship with the infants as you're changing a diaper and all. And so understanding by your team members is key to making this work. That means everybody understands the approach and not, is not just there for the day. It's hard for a substitute to be in a classroom where you're following the RIE approach because it is quite different. And it really does put the emphasis on the child's needs. And so we do slow down and do those things because it's okay if um, I take my break 10 minutes later. It's not gonna have the world end. We'll all be okay. Maybe we all shorten our breaks. We work together as a team. So those are just two challenges that I thought right away of that comes up often. Really working together is really the answer. Thank you. Michelle, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting because Gail and I did not coordinate this, but I have a very similar answer in some respect, is that it is the time, you know, um, this is not a immediate solution, right? This is a philosophy. One does not all of a sudden implement respectful care, right? It's not an overhaul that happens one day and then all of a sudden, look, we've got a new program. We're doing this. It doesn't work like that. It's a philosophy that grows over time through knowledge, sharing, and lots of shifts in thinking. There's a lot of shift in perspective and shifts along the way that happen for the individuals and particularly the adults. Yeah. I think that's kind of the biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, you do such a great job, both of you, like really clearly articulating these things of taking time, develop good communications, work as a team. And I love Michelle, what you were saying, respect that you need to shift perspectives. That's okay for all of us, no matter what developmental stage we're in, right? Of learning to learn new perspectives. And um, as someone who's worked with infants and like, uh, I was like stressed, they, People often forget in our culture that the infant has a perspective too, right? So um, respect that they have a perspective and 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 and, re and honor that and learn that and take that takes time. That takes a lot of time. So very, very good. Well, Katie, I know that you have the job of translating this all into communities, right? And to um, get different communities to kind of think about this and to adopt this and to embrace optimal care for our babies. So 
In all Community Solutions podcasts, we ask people um, in our conversations to help communities around the world understand this. So Katie, in this context, how can community members start having meaningful conversations that promote respectful care of children within their families, within their homes, within childcare centers, and within community at large? How do you go about that? What's your recommendations? I think the conversation can start by highlighting the need for relationships. Young children have to be comfortable with you and know you are their person and have that secure attachment um, in order to thrive. I think it's a fairly new development to have regular non-parental care. Uh, baby used to stay home with mom or with relatives or close family friends, but now families share the care of their babies with someone else. And we have to learn to work and make decisions together to support the baby's health and well-being. And an essential tenant of relationships is respect. Um, and when children know that we have that admiration and that we have that deep regard for their feelings and the rights, um, it supports them in so many ways and really fosters so much confidence and assurance that it's safe to go out and do their work and can grow and learn and develop in the most optimal ways. Nice, so all about like promoting that respect and, and getting that out into conversations in communities we all know, unfortunately, we need those conversations around our babies, around children, teenagers, adults, our aged citizens. So it's a good life practice to just think about in general, isn't it? You know? So, um, well, before we go, Michelle, after listening to this, I'm sure that folks listening to the podcast want to know how do you learn more? How do they learn more about Rye? So can you tell the listeners how they can learn more um, about Rye? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the easiest thing is, of course, to visit our website, which is uh, rye.org, R-I-E dot O-R-G. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, um, and on YouTube. So on our YouTube channel, we have um, a lot of free webinars. We're adding more and more. We've got a webinar this Saturday, actually tomorrow, you know, this week. Yeah. Um, and we post things there. We also post past conferences for free. And so a lot of that material is just easily accessible. It's an easy way to learn more. Uh, we do host a conference every year and this year it will be virtual. Um, it will be in April of 2022. Um, and then there are 68 certified RIE associates or RIE instructors around the world. So also looking in your own community and see if there's somebody near you um, as well. Great. Well, thank you so much. And for all the listeners, I'll make sure to provide that website information and contact in the podcast notes so that you could reach out to RIE. Um, with any questions or, or to learn more information. So I want to thank all of you so much for being a part of the podcast and sharing an immense amount of wisdom and concrete advice and knowledge um, about what I think is the most important thing we do for um, the growth of our societies. And that is to support the development of our babies and the people that care for those babies. 
because we all know that it's the relation, those relationships are absolutely key for the long-term health and well-being of those babies. So, and ultimately we're dependent upon them um, for the preservation of our society. So anything we can do to, to advance their well-being and get their life up to an optimal start is absolutely critical. So thank you all for doing that. Thank you all for your time that you dedicate to that. Um, because all of us must be grateful for that and, um, and, and very appreciative. So thanks for being on Community Solutions Podcast. What a great way to end our 2021 uh, season. Um, and, um, and I wish you all the very best. Thank you so much.